Amen. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Amen. As I get stuff ready here, I'm going to share a little testimony about tithing as well. So just this past weekend, as a matter of fact, so Saturday, my wife and I received some inheritance from her father who passed away. And Sunday morning, we tithed on that inheritance. Let me tell you, before the day was over, the Lord restored that tithe plus 100 bucks. All in the same day. Sunday morning to Sunday night, before we laid our head down to bed, that money was back in our pocket, plus 100 bucks. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to have a little show and tell here tonight, so let me get my stuff ready. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just, I just thank you, Lord, for, for giving us the opportunity to gather, to assemble in this place, Lord God, to give you glory, to give you honor, or to praise your mighty name, to worship you freely here in this place, Lord, because we're blood-bought. Lord, you died for each one of us as we celebrated your death and your resurrection this past week, Lord. We, we just thank you, Lord, for, for taking our place, for bearing our burdens, our sins, our stripes, Lord God, for taking those nails for each one of us. Lord, we, we thank you that we, were we had the opportunity to worship you in this place, Lord. Now I just ask that, Lord, we would open up our ears and our hearts to the word that you've, you've bestowed upon me here tonight, that you would use me as your mouthpiece in this place, Lord, to bring you glory and bring you honor. pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message tonight is Don't Kick It. There's an old Greek proverb, it's, it says, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. The saying is also familiar with Jews and anyone who worked in agriculture. So let me ask you, have you ever heard that phrase? Don't kick against the goads? The saying, as we have made a hurt, may have heard it comes from Paul's Damascus Road experience, his encounter with Jesus, right? And that's my main text here tonight. Acts 9, 5, and he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So a little backstory here. See, Saul's a Pharisee, and he's on his way to Damascus, and he's carrying a letter from the high priest in Jerusalem, giving him authority, giving him power to arrest anyone who's belonging to the way meaning those who followed Christ. So around noon, as he's approaching Damascus, there's this bright light, blinding light, all around him. And the new man, Paul, recounts this experience to King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, verse 14, he says, And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So first off, do you know what a goad is? I got a little show and tell. Like I said, here's my example here. So a goad was a long, extremely sharp stick used to get an ox going in the way that you wanted him to go. All right? You know, you were plowing and you wanted him to go in one direction and he wasn't listening You'd poke him, you'd prod him, 
to get him to go so he'd cooperate with you. You know, farmers and shepherds, they use the pointed end to urge the stubborn ox along, to get him to motion, to make him go in the right direction. The goad was an OG cattle prod. You guys know what a cattle prod is? Like I said, we got some show and tell here. And no, I'm not trained in this, so be careful, stand back, all right? All right, so a goad, this is a small little one here, but this is a cattle prod, which is the, you know, the new day goad, okay? So they're used in the same manner as the goad, only instead of a sharp point at the end, there's an electric current. So here's a trigger here, and you hit this trigger, and there's an electric current that travels through and touches these two metal electrodes. Ah! Oh, man, I'm just playing. I'm just messing with you. I didn't, I didn't really do that. Right. But anyway, so yeah, so it comes through these two metal electrodes, and anything that touches the electric current here receives a high-voltage, low-current shock. Now, it's not strong enough to kill you, but man, it's going to hurt you. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to inflict some pain. And similar to this, it's a taser, right? I snuck this in behind security here, see that? So the same as getting prodded, same feeling, man. Right there. Yeah! Now, any volunteers want to feel what the, the cattle felt when they weren't going in the right direction besides my son over here? Get some, get some voltage flowing through your veins. Man, the only voltage I want is the Holy Spirit, amen? So I'm put this down before I do hurt myself. So what does it mean to kick against the goats? If you were an ox and the farmer jabbed you, you know what, let me just grab this again because, man, who knows when I'm going to get to use this again, right? So, so if you were an ox and the farmer jabbed you, I don't think you'd like it very much, would you? And getting poked? Getting told where you got to go. So, so if he did it, the ox would try and kick back, kick it out of the way. But you know when the ox would do that, that tip would just go further into his backside, further into his thigh. And instead of doing him good, it caused him more pain. Right? You tracking? Jesus was saying to Saul, in effect, you're kicking against the conviction of your heart that's trying to get you to go in the direction of me. Let me say it again. Jesus was saying, you're kicking against the conviction of your heart that's trying to get you to go in the direction of me. You know, we just celebrated an empty tomb in our risen Lord this past week, amen? And just under 40 days from now, Jesus, after appearing to the multitude, I mean, he, he appeared to over 500 witnesses. He gives his disciples the great commission on a mountain in Galilee. Matthew 28, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in Luke, Luke elaborates on this a little bit more. He says that Jesus tells them that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. You know, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And Jesus so loves the world that he sends us. Amen. I'm going to read you something here. 
found in John chapter 20. Verse 21. Jesus says, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. What does he do in the next verse? What does Jesus do in that following verse, verse 21? I'll give you a hint. He breathes on them. It says, verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. Received the Holy Spirit. Receive the promise of the Father. Receive the Helper. Receive power. Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're to be his witnesses in our Jerusalem, our family, our circle of influence, our city, in our Judea and Samaria, Lorraine County, Cuyahoga County, state of Ohio, our country, right? So let's go back to the title of my message. Don't kick it. How many people were growing up in the 90s at all? You know, back in the 90s, if someone asked you what your plans were, you might have responded with just kicking it. Right? So what did it mean if you were just kicking it? What did it mean to kick it? According to the Cambridge Dictionary, it meant to relax somewhere, usually with other people. Catch this one. Not doing anything in particular. You're just chilling. Right? You're relaxing, or as my son likes to say, chillaxing. You're content with not doing anything. This might hurt a little bit. The Lord is saying to us tonight, don't kick it. Stop being content, not doing anything. We're doing the same thing, actually. He's saying, stop relaxing in your witness. Stop going in the opposite direction of where I want you to go. Listen, whether we like it or not, we're the oxen. You guessed it, that makes Jesus the farmer. Jesus is saying to Saul, go in the direction I've called you. Read Saul's response to Jesus on the road to Damascus in verse 6. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Basically saying, go into the city and wait for further instructions. Now, just as Saul later changes his Roman name to Paul as he begins to reach the Gentiles, I'd like to change the title of my message to G-O-A-D. We're going to take this farmer's implement and we're going to turn it into an acrostic. Go out and do. Ecclesiastes 12.11 says, The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of scholars are like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. Given by who? It's got a capital S there. 
by the shepherd, the shepherd, the one. This is a metaphor for guidance, to prod us to leave the place of comfort. And Pastor Ashley declared it already this, you know, during worship here tonight. It's to leave that place of comfort and to get into a better place. In order to make this happen, I'm going to give you three attributes to go out and do. All right? So the first one, we need a willingness to be led by God. We need to, open, to be open and receptive to his guidance, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And just as Paul tells us in Galatians 5.16, we need to walk in the Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So as believers, as sons and daughters of God, listen, we don't need to pray as much for the Spirit's leading as we need to seek for willingness and obedience to follow his leading. You guys hear that? I'm going to say that again, man, because I thought that was good. Come on. As believers, we don't need to pray as much for the Spirit's leading as we need to seek for willingness and obedience to follow his leading. We need to live in obedience to him. He says, I am the Lord your God who leads you by the way you should go. Isaiah 48. We all know this one in Proverbs 3, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, what? He shall direct your paths, right? Listen, if you don't know, if you don't understand, if you need, you don't, you need answers, you need to respond as Saul did. What do you want me to do? Ask questions. Ask him. And then wait for the answer. Number two, we need to be doers. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And I already said this, we're, we're the oxen, so we need to get to work. We already know what Jesus commanded us to do. We're to go and make as followers of Jesus, we're to make disciples, additional followers and learners in all the nations of the world. And as we talked about earlier, that's our homes, our cities, our counties, our state, our country. Making disciples is not the same as making converts. Listen, it's important to be a witness to others for Jesus to convert them. But then we need to follow it up and we need to disciple them. You know, we got a saying in Op 3, which is a men's discipleship group I'm a part of. It's, it goes like this. Converts come, from, converts come from decisions, but disciples come from dedication. We, we need to be dedicated to the mission of the Great Commission. Amen? Number three, we need to be a model. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. We need to be imitators of God. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. To obey Jesus' commands, his final command, we must go and model the life of Jesus before others so that they can go and be models of his life and love as well. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5.16, we are the light of the world. He goes on to say, let your light so shine before men that they may what? They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
I'm going to tell you a little story here. Um, I work in commercial construction. And let me tell you what, this last weekend and a half has been a week. And we got some great weather, which is good, but man, you ever have one of those days, one of those days that rolled into two, three, now it's a week, week and a half, and everything and anything that could go wrong pretty much just went wrong? You know, man, I was having those weeks. I was having one of those weeks. And uh, so this one particular day, I, I, I run the crew. So I come to the job site early. I try and get things going, get things fired up. And I pull onto the job site, man, and my forklift, back tire's flat all the way down the rim. Like, oh, man. Good thing my, my office is only like 15 minutes from the job, so I, I hurry, get my compressor, double back to the job, start filling the tire up, figure out, man, when I'm filling the tire, I'm going to come around, I'll fire this thing up, let it get warmed up, so by the time the guys all show up, we're ready to roll. Oh, man, come on. This, too? dead dead as a doornail so by, by now it's it's starting time all the guys are standing there i mean we can't get the material to where we need to go because we don't have the machine you know to top it off one of my labors didn't show up so now we can't just like work you know in, in a crew in an assembly line and try and get everything to where we need to go so i can get guys going but as soon as they step foot on the job i gotta start paying them so i got a bunch of guys you know just staring back at me like you are right now and man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to boast, but now nah, I'm going to boast in Christ here because, man, I, I joked with some some friends of mine that you know, you know, when you're spirit filled, when man, you you go around to the other side of that machine and you will lay hands on that engine block and you start praying in the spirit, right? You start praying in that spirit and. Whoo, come on. I started circling around that truck just praying in the spirit. Man, I took my phone out. I started texting friends. Pray with me, brothers. Pray with me. Man, one of the guys while I'm praying goes in, tries to start it. Oh, come on, Jesus, Jesus. Praying, praying. And I'm like, all right, come on, come on, Jesus. I sit down. I, I sit down in that seat and I just I put that key in the initial. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I start pumping the gas. It fires right up, man. And man, it, in Jesus' name, it started purring like a kitten, man. Like, thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. All right, now everybody get to work, you know? So, so I, we had another job. We're wrapping up this other job. So I, I'm leaving Rocky Rivers where this one is at, and I'm going to Avon so we can pull out an Avon job. And, man, I get, like, pulling into the job site, and I get a phone call. And it's one of the guys from the job I just left, and he's, man, you better get back here. Like, what? What happened? He's like, man, I don't even want to tell you. It's just, it's messed up. These guys messed some things up, and you just need to get here fast because you're the only one that's going to be able to fix it. Like, oh, man, Jesus, come on. You just, you just fixed the machine. Whoa, come on. Ah, oh, the week I've had, you know? So anyway, I turn around, double back, 20 minutes or so, I'm back at the job, and as I roll up, there's just like this big dust cloud. And so, like I said, I'm a, Mason contractor, commercial construction. And so we work with concrete, we work with mortar. And there's this thing called a silo, which is basically like a big hopper on some stilts. And with our machine, we lift up these one and a half yard sacks of concrete, dry mix. And we fill this hopper. All right. And then our mixer is underneath this hopper. You tracking? All right. And there's a chute that you open and close to regulate how much dry mix is going into that mixer. And you add water, add dry mix, add water. It's kind of like making pancakes. All right, well, these labors, mind you, the one that didn't show up on time was there at this time. 
filled the hopper, filled the silo, but forgot to close the chute. So it filled the whole mixer up to the brim with solid, you know, with dry mix. And so they thought, man, how are we going to fix this? Well, let's, let's just dump the mixer out, and then we'll shovel it back in. Well, this is one of those hydraulic mixers, so you don't just take a handle and you, you dump it. You press a lever, and this thing rises up and then tilts and dumps. Well, I already told you that thing was full to the brim, so it's top-heavy. So this thing rises. They go to dump it. It falls like this, knocks the silo that's on stilts. It's dancing like this. There's a nice car sitting on the road right here while this thing's just swaying here like that. And that's what I get to when I pull up. I'm thinking, oh, man. So I get out of my truck. The guys are all running. I'm sorry, sir. Sorry, sorry, man. I said, Let, let's fix this. So I hop on the machine. You know, I restabilize the silo. The guys put the pads underneath, get it all squared up. We take the mixer. I make sure nothing got broke, no pistons, no nothing are messed up. It's good in Jesus' name put it back down where it needs to go, tell the guys, all right, now take all that dry mix that dumped all over the ground, now let's clean it up. And, I, you know, in the, in the, during this, all, all the bricklayers, because they can't do anything, they're just standing watching, you know, like an hour, just watching us. Like, man, you guys just need to go home. We'll clean this up, and I'll see you tomorrow. And I'm looking at the time already. I've wasted like two hours. I'm like, no sense in going to the other job. I might as well stay here and get some work done. So, come over, start doing some things, and the superintendent walks up. He just looks at me and goes, man, what kind of pill do you take? I'm like, what? He's like, what kind of pill do you take? Pill? It's like, yeah, you're always calm. You know, you got this peace about you. Man, if that were me, I would have flipped out. I started cursing the guys, you know. I might have had a nervous breakdown. Man, but you, you're as cool as a cucumber. And I just looked back at him and said, man, it's Jesus. Man, that's all I need. You know, God gives me that calmness. God gives me that peace. So through the, that whole fiasco, that whole day, I still got to give God the glory. You know, I got to share. I got to be a witness to this guy. Because he saw it. He saw something was different. You know, and I gave him Jesus there. You know, through our example of living a life for Christ, we can show the life-changing truth of the gospel at work in ourselves. God has us where we are for a purpose. And we have to be faithful to fulfill his commands in all our situations. As I prepare to close here, maybe you're here tonight. You've got some bruises on your thigh or your calf. You've been kicking against that goad. And you're in some pain from going your own way, doing your own thing. You know, Solomon wrote, Proverbs 15:10, stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. When we choose to disobey God, we become like that rebellious ox, driving that goad deeper and deeper. By resisting God's authority, we're only punishing ourselves. Listen, it's time to get moving in the direction Jesus wants you to go. It's time to get to work. You know, I said to the men at Courage Company back in January, this is a new year and it's time for a new do. You know, how many of you guys in here get, get the text messages from Courage Company? Anybody in here? 
know, if you guys don't get them, can we put that up on the screen? The guys can text and get the info. You know, Monday nights, we send what's called a C4 challenge. And that stands for Courage Company Christ Challenge. And every Monday night, we just dive into God's word, challenge the men for the week. We tell them to go out and do. We need to get intentional with our witness. We need to go and make, just as Jesus tells us. We need to be obedient and follow his lead. We need to be doers and not hearers only. And we need to model Jesus. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture during the life of Christ is John 2.15. It says, And he had made a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. Like Jesus, sometimes we need to flip over some tables. Amen? There's another one I like, man. There's... You guys ever read the Word? You ever notice that there's some bad dudes? I mean, some individuals who did some mighty things. There's this dude in Judges. Judges 3.31, there's a single passage, scripture for him, and his name's Shamgar. And listen to this, Judges 3.31. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he delivered Israel. This dude killed 600 men, 600 Philistines, one of these. Whew. That's it. They don't tell anything more about them. One passage, Judges 3.31, that's it. He killed 600 men, 600 Philistines with one of these. Oh, and, and he delivered Israel because of it. Amen? So maybe, maybe you need to pick up the goad. Maybe you need to start prodding some people some situations in your life. You need to start getting them to go in the direction of him. You know, you need to start getting them to go in the direction of the way. Amen? Or as I said before, maybe, maybe your leg is bruised. You know, because maybe you've been, you've been kicking against one of these. I tell you, that, that, that point's sharp. The shepherd's trying to get you to go in right direction and you've just been going your own way or maybe you're like Saul and you know at the beginning of your journey just like him in Damascus road you're not following Jesus you don't know the way Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life I'd like to ask some altar ministers to come forward at this time.
you know, if you fall into one of those categories. I mean, Brother Marty's here to protect you from getting poked with that goat, maybe, right? Amen. But if you fall in one of those categories and, man, you just need to start going in the right direction. Maybe you need some strength so that you can pick up that goat. You can start prodding some people in your life that you've been praying for to go in that right direction. You know, or some situations. Man, even some situations in this world, man, we need to pick up this goat, man. We need to get to work. We need to go out and do. you're like Saul and you're on that road to Damascus and you've been kind of fighting Jesus you've been against him and you know you're just doing it all wrong I want to give you that opportunity whether you're in house or online to see that bright light to find Jesus to give in to him Stop getting prodded by that goat. To go in his direction. So if that's you tonight, I'd just like to ask you to say a simple prayer with me. Brothers and sisters in Christ all through the room, I just pray that you, you join us in prayer here. And Heavenly Father, we, we just come before you. Lord Jesus, we've been going our own way. We've been going against you, Lord God. We feel you prodding us. We feel you poking us. And Lord, tonight, we have that Damascus Road experience. We give ourselves over to you, Lord. And we just say to you, what do you want us to do? Lord, we give our hearts, we give our lives to you. We surrender it all to you right now. Jesus, we love you. Give our lives to you, Lord. We follow you. Amen. Amen. So as we wrap up tonight, if you need prayer, like I said, you can come this way before you go that way. But I encourage you to go out and do this week. Be the witness that he calls you to be. Step out of your comfort zone. Stop kicking against the goad. And get to work. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.